0: Well, uh, let me add my welcome to those you've received already. And uh, Amy and I deeply thank you for all your support um, for us and for your commitment today to help us in raising Toby this way and for praying for him. That's the topic of our, our series, isn't it? And what better could I you ask, ask you to pray for Toby? And what are my prayers for you each and every day this week? Well, it is what we see here in God's Word in Colossians. Uh, now let me pray uh, for us in our little time together now. Father, please, today, would you be at work in us? Would you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him? Amen. What is the highest compliment someone could pay, for, pay your life? So, so someone you respect... How would you like them to sum up, summarize your life? Loving family, man, woman? Successful in business? Compassionate and kind? Fearless? Funny? If we were to kind of go around the room and ask you that, we'd kind of get all kinds of responses. Although I imagine there'd be certain similarities popping up again and again. But I want to suggest that there's something, whatever you kind of had in in mind there, there's there's something that's probably more important than what came to your mind. It doesn't necessarily exclude what came to your mind, but at the least it will kind of underpin what came to your mind there. The Apostle Paul highlights it for us in verse 10 uh, of our passage, and I referred to it in my prayer at the beginning. The Apostle Paul wants the Colossian church, he wants us... Verse 10, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. That, Paul says, is the most important thing for our lives. That we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Uh, Last week, or last two weeks, we are in the book of Ephesians. This week we're in Colossians, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Colossae. It's likely that Paul wrote it in prison, um, kind of similar time that he wrote to the Ephesians, and actually there are quite a lot of similarities between the two letters. Um, Colossae was in modern-day Turkey, and the church there had started well, but they were facing a real spiritual danger. There were false teachers that had got into the church, uh, and if we could kind of summarise their message, it was Jesus plus... Jesus plus. What they were saying is, yes, of course you need Jesus. Yes, of course you need to put your faith in him for your salvation. Plus, you also need to, and they added in various man-made rules. And it seems that this teaching had got a bit of a grip in the church. And so Paul is writing to the the church in Colossae to assure them, convince them that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is the greatest. And there is no need for absolutely anything beyond him for your salvation. As I said, the church had started really well. Now, Paul hadn't actually ever been there. So he'd not founded this church, he'd not visited it to kind of teach it, but he had heard really good things. So if you you glance down with me at verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Faith, love, hope. So often in Paul, characteristics of faithful Christians, and this is what he has heard of these uh, brothers and sisters in Colossae. Faith in the Lord Jesus, love for each other, and they have this wonderful future, hope. And again, in verse 6, they'd heard the true gospel, not this Jesus-plus thing, they heard the true gospel, and understood that it's uh, of God, and um, understood the grace of God. they understood that actually salvation is all about grace, an undeserved gift. It isn't anything that we can contribute. They've made a great start, and now Paul is writing to them to encourage them to keep going and keep growing. Keep going and keep growing. And the starting point of all this is praying to know God's will. Have a look down at verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, there it is again, and from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. When Christians Christians speak of knowing God's will nowadays, people often are thinking about a a decision that they have to make in their own lives. Should I go and live in this city or that city? Should I marry this person or not? uh, We are speaking about these things. But what Paul is talking about here is much bigger and much broader than those individual life choices or decisions. To put it simply, God's will is how God wants all his people to act, to live. So just two examples from from the Bible where we we kind of see this. Uh, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. What, What does God want for his people? Sanctification, that is becoming more like Jesus. Or another one. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will for his people? That in any and every situation we'd be rejoicing without ceasing. That we'd be giving thanks. So, so God's will here is, is how God wants people, his people to live in their everyday lives. Now, we might think that's pretty obvious. Okay, Paul is praying, may they know God's will. We might think, well, it's pretty obvious, right? Open open up your Bibles. We've we've got it all here, haven't we? And in some senses, yes. But we all know that it is really possible to read the Bible and not get it, to not understand it. And so that's why Paul prays in verse 9, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Got to comprehend it, got to to grasp it, and then wisdom in the Bible is often associated not just with understanding, but doing as well. And indeed, there are many topics which the Bible doesn't give a kind of clear right-wrong. And in those situations, we need to apply Bible wisdom. We need to understand God's will. You know, kind of, what should I watch on TV? That doesn't come in the Bible. There is no, thou shalt not watch an 18, but 15s are okay, or maybe not, and 12s are fine. That doesn't come in the Bible. We need to apply biblical wisdom. Where should I live? I used that example a bit earlier, but you know, that doesn't come in the Bible. But actually thinking about how, God, how I act in those decisions, that's what God cares about. So we might feel it's a little bit fundamental bit kind of foundational the whole thing paul's praying for them is that that you'd understand god's will but just see how paul paul feels about it again did you know it's in verse nine nine, from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you'd be filled with knowledge as well this is a prayer that he's prayed again and again and again He has prayed for this church that he's never met that they would understand god's will And again, as I've been saying, my prayer is that these big Bible prayers become our normal everyday prayers. What a great thing to be praying for yourself and for those who pray regularly, that we would understand, we'd be growing in the knowledge of God's will. Every day, be praying that. And again, maybe in those times when we are faced with tough decisions or situations, well, yes, we're going to pray that we would walk in the right path, but... But actually, we're also going to be praying that, whatever, whichever choice uh, decision we go for, that we would be doing God's will in it. That is, we would be living how He wants us to live in those decisions. But here's the really key thing: is that that knowledge, biblical knowledge, is never an end in itself. It's not great. I've understood it. Knowledge should lead to action. And so Paul is praying to know God's will so that we would please him. Let me read verse 9 into verse 10. And so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him. Understanding is to overflow into action. The purpose of them being filled with the knowledge of his will is so that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus. In the Bible, walk is is simply uh, how someone behaves, how they live. So Paul's ultimate desire is they'd be filled with the knowledge of his will so that they would live in a way that is worthy of the Lord Jesus. I came across um, a little article a little while back, don't worry if you have no idea who this guy is, Mark Robinson, he is the manager of high and mighty AFC Wimbledon. Um, But they had a very heavy defeat um, fairly recently, and and in the post-match interview, uh, when he was rallying the troops and calling his players to respond, he says, we've got to regroup quickly and put in a performance worthy of the badge. See, his way of motivating the players to to do better was to say, look, you've got to play in a way that is worthy of the badge of AFC Wimbledon. Forgive me if there are any AFC Wimbledon fans in the room or at home, but that's not much to live up to, uh, personally. But to live lives worthy of the Lord Jesus, that's huge. That is a huge call on our lives. To live a life worthy of the Lord Jesus, or as he puts it, fully pleasing to him. So Paul, this is the most important thing. It's not whether your best friend describes you as, as being unfaithful in, in friendship. Not unfaithful, faithful in friendship, sorry. Uh, unfeeling. What did I say? Anyway. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not that your best friend would say that they're their best friend and they're so supportive. It's not even a child saying, yeah, they're most loving parents. I hope they do say that. But Jesus, sitting in heaven now, is he smiling because he sees the way that we live? Are our lives pleasing to him? Pleasing, not perfect. Not perfect. We, we can't be perfect. We won't be perfect this side of, of eternity. We falter and fail But remember, salvation is because of faith in Jesus Christ, from verse 4. From verse 6, we remember that it is um, the grace, the knowledge of grace, it is saved by this undeserved gift. But with our numerous slips, with our faltering and failing, are our lives pleasing to Jesus? How about a couple of questions that we should perhaps be asking ourselves more often than we do? What would Jesus have me do in this situation? What words in this difficult conversation that's coming up are worthy of him? What conduct should I be avoiding because it doesn't please him? What would please him if I were to do it? How helpful it would be for us if we would consciously ask ourselves those questions more often. And we're faced with decisions, big, yes, but but small, daily decisions. If we were to decide what to do on the basis of what would most please the Lord Jesus. Just think of the impact it would have on our lives if we did. How it would change our work. How it would change our conversations in the home. It would change what we do with our time, our money. This is only possible with God's help, which is why Paul prays. It's only possible as we pray, as we are filled with the knowledge of his will, we would then live it out, living lives that are worthy of the Lord Jesus and pleasing to him. But if that's still sounding a little bit vague, you know, what does it mean to uh, live life worthy of Jesus, to be pleasing to him? Well, Paul gives us four examples. Okay, these aren't exhaustive. So these aren't, you do these four things and you're pleasing Jesus. It's not, it, these are four examples of what it looks like to please the Lord Jesus. First one, bearing fruits. Have a look at um, verse 10 again. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. Um, you've probably seen these around like we've got black, we had a blackberry bush down in our old house and we got some over the back of ours and you know at the right time when, when blackberry bushes they just, um, they're teeming with fruit they're, they're bearing fruit and there are kind of so many of them they always get two many at the same time you end up freezing them um, and, and stuff well that's what our lives are to be like our lives are to be teeming with fruit the fruit of good works. The Apostle Paul couldn't be clearer. We are not saved, we don't become Christians by good works. In fact, the verse that Amy was read out in the dedication. We are not saved by good works. It's not we need Jesus and good works in order to be saved. That was the message of these teachers. No, we're saved by faith in the Lord Jesus. But as those who have put their faith in Jesus... Our lives are to be bearing fruit, overflowing with good works. Being generous and hospitable, showing integrity and sincerity, being active in sharing the gospel. These numerous good deeds, and we go on and on and on. That's what our lives are to reflect. Lives that are pleasing to the Lord Jesus, our lives that are bearing fruit with good works. Fully pleasing to him. Secondly, I'm um, going on. In, uh, let me kind of read verse 10 again, but so we get it. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, that's number one, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, notice, sorry, on the screen I put in the knowledge of God, on the sheets I didn't put it, I should have, because there's a, a distinction here. Because if you look back to verse 9, he's already prayed for, for knowledge, hasn't he? Um, But he's, in verse 9, prayed uh, that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. So so yeah, in verse 9 he's prayed that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will, so that we'd live lives worthy of him pleasing, uh, and that. And one of the aspects that are pleasing is that we would grow in a knowledge of him, of God, in verse 10. So if you kind of see it here, so verse 9, it's filled with the knowledge of God's will... And now he's asking that it would be increasing in knowledge of God himself. And you kind of see, so they're different things, but can we, we see how they fit together? As we are filled with the knowledge of God's will, we understand how he wants us to live. And as we, we do that and put it into practice, then we get to know God better. We know what he wants for our lives, and, and therefore we know what he is like better and better. We grow in that closeness of relationship. And as we grow in that closeness of relationship and we get to know him better, we get to understand how he wants us to live more and more. And so we grow in a knowledge of His will. And we can see how this kind of cycle goes round and around. So we grow in the knowledge of Him, we understand His will, and as we do it, we grow in that closeness of relationship, and so on and so on and so on. So second thing, what is a life that is worthy of the Lord Jesus that's pleasing to him? It is one that is increasing in the knowledge of God. Get to know Him better. Thirdly, be strengthened to endure. Have a look at verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Look up, look up. How do you think He's going to end that sentence? You, don't look down. Let me read that again, though. But may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Say again. Oh, well done, Victoria. You, do, you, you snuck ahead. We're expecting, oh, I'll be expecting something dramatic and mighty at this stage. That is some build-up. Strengthened, all power, according to his glorious might. We're expecting something for all endurance and patience. Well, it was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. You know, Christian life is hard. We, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, and if at the moment you are struggling in your Christian walk, you are finding it difficult, don't be discouraged. According to Paul, it takes a great power according to his glorious might to keep us going. A uh, a few days ago I saw SAS, Are You Tough Enough? advertised. Again, it's a TV program. I, I think I saw the first season. I don't think I've seen it then. But this is the kind of picture... Sorry, they, they, they kind of do all kinds of SAS training things and see if you're tough enough. And, and you watch one of these things, and basically you're seeing the soldiers kind of on their long runs with their heavy bags. They're carrying this big weight, and you kind of try and keep going. And that's the, the picture that Paul's kind of painting for the Christian life here. The Christian life is tough. To, to survive with joy when difficulties and persecutions come, takes great power from God. To remain content and thankful in times of peace and prosperity takes great power of the Lord Jesus. It is far beyond our capabilities to endure. But we have this wonderful power ready for his people. A life that is worthy of the Lord Jesus is, uh, is one that, in, that is faithful and joyful in good times and bad. And then finally, giving thanks. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father. A life that pleases the Lord Jesus is one in which, which is a life of thankfulness. And what reasons Christians have to be faithful? Incredible reasons we find in these verses. Let's look at them together. So giving thanks to the Father, firstly, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of sorry, inheritance of the saints in light. Think of that for a second. The inheritance, you, again, we, we've thought about this in the last couple of weeks. Inheritance is something that someone receives when, usually, when a family member dies, and money or possessions or whatever it could be. Well, here, Paul is saying that as Christians, he has brought you into this remarkable inheritance this inheritance of all the saints, of all God's people, the inheritance of spending an eternity with Jesus and our father to enjoy his presence in the new creation in the world without any pain or suffering or or crying or tears and, and all those things what a great saving work of the father who's qualified us to share in that inheritance of course it is right that we thank him for that and then we go, out, go on in verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Here we kind of see this bringing out of one thing and putting into another. A Christian has been brought out of the domain of darkness, the world in which we live, rescued from that, and, been, and we've been put into the kingdom of his beloved Son. Christians now are in his kingdom. We are his people. And again, one day, fully and finally, we will be in that perfect kingdom for all eternity. Verse 14, in whom, in the Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, we have redemption. That is, we've been set free from, again, that domain of darkness, from slavery. We've been set free because of the price that he paid on the cross that we would have forgiveness, all the sins forgiven and dealt with by Jesus again at the cross. What, f- what wonderful cause for thankfulness that we see here. So Paul is praying that the Christians and that we would be growing in the knowledge of his will. They've started really well, but he wants them to keep going and wants them to keep growing. And so he's praying for them that they would grow in this knowledge of his will so that they would live lives that are worthy of the Lord Jesus, that are pleasing to him. But he knows that if they are going to do that, they need, to be, they need, God's, they need prayer. They need God to work. And so he prays for them again and again for this. And so again, can I encourage you to be praying this? This week? use this, take this prayer, praying for yourself, for those that you're praying for regularly. Spend time in this. Spend time, sorry, spend time praying for this. Spend time in God's words. If we're to grow in a knowledge of God's will, where do we look? We look in the Bible. That is where God's perfect will for, for for, for every one of us has been revealed. Spend time in it this week, reading. If you are... Faced with decisions, kind of the bigger ones, turn to God's word first and foremost. But ultimately, in those, those things where there is no right or wrong, whatever, you committing to pray for that in those situations, whichever, de- whichever decision you make, that you would be pl- living a life pleasing to the Lord Jesus there. Again, can I encourage you to ask those questions that I mentioned earlier? When we are facing those decisions, big and small, what would be most pleasing for the Lord Jesus? And let that uh, be the, the deciding factor. And just finally, I want to encourage you, which of these, these four things, bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened to endure, giving thanks, which one of these four do you, do you feel that you need to work on most at the moment? Which is the one that you're, you're perhaps struggling with? Is there an absence of fruit in your life at the moment? Actually, do you feel like you're you're not growing in your knowledge of God? You're not getting to know him better? Are you faltering and failing and slipping more often? Is there a distinct lack of thankfulness in your life at the moment? Which one of those is most challenging to you? And again, particularly, commit to pray that uh, for yourself this week. And maybe you want to share that with someone, with a friend, with a family member. And ask them to be praying that for you too. Let's pray once again. Father, again, as we have thought about these words and as we go away and reflect on them further, we ask that you would please fill us with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus our lives would be fully pleasing to him with those things that perhaps you've uh, challenged us with put on our hearts now please would we be faithful in praying for them and by your wonderful power according to your glorious might would you be at work in us changing us in Jesus mighty and precious name amen